0: Now batting for the Cubs Corner, the host Anthony Pasquale.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to the Cubs Corner. I'm your host Anthony Pasquale and we have a very special guest today. You know him from his radio show Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 or from NBC Chicago's Sports Talk Live or the Cubs pre and post game coverage. Point is, you know him. He's David Kaplan. Thanks for joining us, Cap.
0: It is my pleasure, Anthony. Good to be with you, my man.
1: So the Cubs are coming off a big win to earn a series split over the weekend against the Reds. Last night, KB provided the heroics for the Cubs to salvage the split. Now, Cap, I know we watched the very beginning of the series together, but what did you like and what didn't you like about the series with the Reds? Um, There wasn't a lot
0: that I didn't like. Look, it's very easy to pick apart Kyle Hendricks having a bad start, an awful start on Saturday night. But in a long season, when you make 33 or so starts, that's going to happen to every pitcher. I mean, Justin Verlander just lost to the Baltimore Orioles yesterday, and that was one of the biggest favorites to lose in Major League Baseball in 15 years. So... That's going to happen. I get it. So there wasn't anything I you know, radically disliked. What I liked is that down 3 nothing against their ace, a guy who throws 97, a guy who's got as good a changeup as there is in the game among starting pitchers. You add all those factors up. You're getting shut out. You're not a good road team. You have every reason to fold up shop. They found a way to keep grinding and they get, you know, a couple big hits. Hayward's in on a Baez double, and then they get it to three two because Javi hustles beats out a double play ball, and the next thing you know, Chris Bryant's got one fifteen rows deep in the bleachers and Tom Brennerman's ticked off on the rods, broadcast, <laughs> and the Cubs have taken the lead and you add on with Ian Happ, Strope does his job. Rowan Wick does his job. David Phelps does his job. And the next thing you know, the Cubs have a victory. So yeah, look, you wanted to win three of four, four of four. You didn't, but you battled back. And the Chris Bryant hit is the biggest hit the Cubs have gotten all season.
1: And Cap, you guaranteed the Cubs will go six and four on this road trip, at least. So what are the keys to them going four and two the rest of the way against the Phillies and the Pirates?
0: Well, look, they're better than both those teams. They are better than the Phillies. They are better markedly than the Pirates. They should go 4-2 minimum the rest of the way. They got to get good starting pitching. I thought John Lester was better yesterday. Not great, but better. Uh, I thought the bullpen, You know, they may have discovered something with this Rowan Wick who throws hard. He's not afraid to throw whatever pitch he's got conviction in in any situation. So you add it all up, they've got good offensive players. The addition of Castellanos has been just a great shot of adrenaline into the lineup and into the room. So you add it all up, there's no reason they can't win the next two series.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you there, and I think an, another big thing, like you said, obviously keeping the offense scoring runs, but as long as the starting pitching is is decent, I think the team's got a shot, right?
0: Yeah, you can't look. The two games that they won, they got you know only decent starting pitching out of John and lousy out of Cole Hamills, and you got lousy starting pitching out of Hendricks, and you got okay. Out of Darvish. He only gave up four hits, but three of those were home runs. So you can look at a glass half full and go, he only gave up four hits. Velocity was 97. He looks like he's got, you know, his health all the way back from where he was a year ago when he had elbow surgery that ended his season. But you can also look at the glass half empty and go, yeah, but three of those balls were crushed out of the ballpark. He has to get back to trusting his fastball. If you go back, and I did this, and break down his pitch sequence, he's in love with his slider. For whatever reason, he's in love with throwing that slider. And so if you watch, there's an at-bat, I believe, to Eugenio Suarez, where he knows sliders coming because that's Darvish's M.O., and he shocks him and throws the fastball, and Suarez buckles takes strike three and looks like, where'd that pitch come from? Because he doesn't throw it. Throw your damn fastball, you throw it at 96-97, locate it where you want on the corners, and then when they're thinking, oh boy, here comes the heat, that's when you drop the hammer. He's too slider happy.
1: Yeah, and you bring up a good point because most every pitcher, their their main focus is let's locate the fastball, locate the fastball, then use the off-speed stuff to your advantage Darvish has kind of been pitching the opposite way. I mean, it's been working for him somewhat, but I think he could really emerge as one of the Cubs' best starting pitchers if he just trusts the fastball a little bit more, wouldn't you say? A hundred percent agree with you if
0: he would trust his fastball and command his fastball. There's a big difference. People that aren't in the game go, well, he's throwing 97. How do they hit that? Big league hitters can hit 101. They can tattoo 101, if they know it's coming, they can gear up. I ask my partner, David DeJesus, all the time. How tough is it facing 99? He goes, look, it's not a comfortable at bat anything up above 95. But he goes, if I know it's a fastball, I can time it. I can get it. You may get me sometimes, but I'm going to get you. And if you're supplying all that power, I just have to get bad on ball. And more often than not, I'm going to do damage with it. And he was a little guy. So imagine if you've got a big, strong guy like Eugenio Suarez or Joey Votto or Drake Dietrich, some of these guys the Reds throw out there. So you've got to command side to side. If you go back to Jose Quintana's last start, he went seven innings, he gave up two hits, he was outstanding, and he didn't walk people. And if you go back and look at his pitch sequence, he was commanding both sides of the plate, With his fastball. Now, his fastball is not 95. It's 90, 91, might touch 92. But when you're on the corners, it's a lot harder to hit. Your mind's thinking, is that a strike? Is that a ball? And then when you bend in a 75-mile-an-hour curveball, and then you throw a ball that out of the hand looks fastball, and it actually is a changeup, and it dives, man, it's really tough to adjust. That's why he's been so much better.
1: And, and I guess that's the key to Darvis really unlocking his most potential. And for, for the Cubs, they, they really hope to get some of their bullpen back soon, whether it's Kimbrel or Brandon Kinsler or Steve Ciszek off the injured list or Kyle Ryan coming back from the bereavement list because he lost his grandma, thoughts with the Ryan family. But the bullpen is obviously a concern at the moment. But assuming everybody comes back to health, Cap, down the stretch, what are your biggest concerns with this team?
0: Uh, my biggest concerns with this team, well, first of all, it's got to be making sure that that offense stays impactful. And by that, I mean it's gotta be, you got to extract more out of the offense on a consistent basis. Now, they were able to score a ton of runs when they won 12-5. to five. They were able to score enough yesterday. They got six. But that's got to be consistency. It can't be like we've seen since last you know August, where one day they get 10, and then the next day they get zero, and the next day they get one, and the next day they explode for nine, and then the next three days they get four combined. It's got to be every single day that you watch the Cubs you're like, boy, those are not comfortable at-bats for a pitcher. Yeah, somebody's going to beat you a, a time or two. That will happen to anybody. Good pitching stops good hitting. But there's got to be consistency where if, if I want to look at their numbers and have them go, yeah, we're averaging five runs a game. Well, really? Because you've got 10 one day and zero the next, does it actually mean you're averaging five? So that's what they have to have. For me, offense, number one.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Definitely more consistency because they they score almost the same amount of runs as anybody in the league, but they don't necessarily spread them out the way you'd want them to. They could have so many more wins if if they score on games when it's two to two to one instead of you know ten to two, right?
0: Agreed, a hundred percent. They just have to be consistent in their approach. You know, I watched Castellanos when he got here. It was about a week ago. It saw 23 pitches in three at-bats, 23 pitches in three at-bats. And those were the first three at-bats he had that game. That's grinding up a pitcher where I'm watching other guys and it's a three-pitch at-bat. It's a two-pitch at-bat. And that's not to say if you get a pitch in your go zone on the first pitch you see, jump all over it. These guys are expanding their strike zone, chasing stuff off the plate. They have to be
1: better. Yeah, and and you mentioned grinding out at bats. I think obviously that's something the Cubs have lacked uh, without Ben Zobris this year, but it's also something they really haven't been able to do since that 2016 season. I know you talked to, to Riz on your show a few weeks back, and he said that was the biggest difference between 2016 and now. It's just the way that they grinded out at bats because he said – if he grinds out his at bat, then Javi's gonna have a better shot to hit. And if Javi grounds out grinds out his at bat, then the guy following him's gonna have a better shot. So if they can really get back into that, consistency on the offensive side should come.
0: Yeah, consistency should come if approach is there. You know, like I get up every day and I have pretty much the same process every single day. And There'll be days where I get done with my show and I'm like, yeah, that was okay. I could be better at this. I could be better at that. But I'm going to have the same exact process every single day up early to the gym, to radio, to TV, to Cubs, whatever the case may be. And if over the long haul I stay loyal to my process, I think I'm going to be successful. And it's the same thing for a major league baseball player. If he gets up every day, he's gotten his rest, he gets to the park, he's got his diet right, he goes through his pregame warm-up, he gets stretched, he does this, he hits his swings. If he's a good player, more often than not, he's going to be successful. But if he's out running the streets till 2 in the morning, sleeps till 11, races to the ballpark, throws a cheeseburger down, races through his prep, and gets on the field, He may have a day because of his talent where you go, wow, that guy was amazing today. But over the long haul, it's not going to work. And it's the same exact approach in the cage when you're batting in a baseball game. If I go through my approach, and boy, if that pitch is there, it's go time. But if that pitch is off the plate and down, I know that's my weakness. I'm not going to swing at it. So that's it's all about consistency in everything you do.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there, and at the deadline, the Chicago Cubs picked up Nicholas Cast- Castellanos, Tony Kemp, David Phelps, and Greg Holland, so I want to know what you think of the new guys.
0: Yeah, Derek Holland we picked up, um, and looking at you know Derek Holland, he's a lefty specialist only, only, and when you've got to bring back Kimbrell and you've got to bring back c and you've got to bring back Uh, Brandon Kinsler. I mean, that's three pieces in your bullpen that are going to be coming off the injured list here soon. Maybe Brandon Morrow is going to come back. I'm not counting on it, but you never know. But that's potentially four guys. Well, somebody's losing their job. So all these guys know they have to pitch and pitch well to stay in Chicago. I love the addition of Tony Kemp as a bench guy, not an everyday guy. He brings me speed. He could play, you know, a couple of different positions for you. And then I'm a huge Castellanos guy. I hope they sign this guy at the end of the year. I think he's a really impactful bat. I think he's a really impactful presence. I just don't know what it's going to cost. You know, if you're telling me you got to pay that guy five years for $20 $20 million a year, yeah, I'm probably not doing that. But if you're telling me I can get him for three years at $14 million a year, yeah, I'm all
1: in. Yeah, I think so, too. Castellanos has really been a breath of fresh air for this team, and, and you've seen how the offensive's looked so much deeper of a lineup with him in the two spots. So I'm with you. I hope they can hang on to Castellanos long term. Your, uh, your guy Jesse Rogers at ESPN – Wrote that Joe Madden feels highly optimistic that he'll return as the Cubs manager next year. How do you see that? Do you see that happening?
0: Uh, I think that script is yet to be written. I really do. I think he is a good, good manager. The guy's a stud. I mean, I'm amazed that the number of people that are critical of this manager change managers, he's lost the team. It's just such ridiculousness and nonsense that ends up on social media joe madden is a winner joe madden is a great dude to deal with look do we sit there and all manage along with him and go what are you doing bringing that guy in what are you doing batting this guy there yes that's the beauty of baseball because we all played little league and we all feel like we can do exactly what he does and do it better you know, football, you look at Khalil Mack, and nobody thinks they could rush the passer like Khalil Mack. So nobody criticizes. him. Nobody thinks that we could put a better offensive scheme together than Matt Nagy. So nobody criticizes him because we don't understand all of the machinations that go on in putting this together or that together. But we all think we can manage a baseball team, and that's what makes me laugh. So I don't understand why he doesn't have an extension. It makes no sense to me. If you tell me that this team ends up not making the playoffs, I don't think he's back here. If you tell me this team gets bounced in the wild card game, I don't think he's back here. Now, if they get to the playoffs, they win the division, they make it to the NLCS, yeah, then I would say Joe Madden's probably returning.
1: Yeah, and you bring up a good point. With a lot of people saying, oh, he's lost the team, all of that. He definitely hasn't lost the team. What I think he's lost is the majority of the fan base, and I personally... Just don't understand how that happens. The guy has averaged well over ninety years ninety wins in his four years here. Broke the stinking curse. What more do you want out of the guy?
0: Yeah, it's amazing to me how people don't realize we're in the golden age of Cubs baseball in our lifetime. Maybe they were good back in 1905 nineteen oh five, six, seven, eight, whatever. But in our lifetime, There has never been anything like this, where you show up every day expecting to win, and for 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you've had a team that's either won the World Series, gone deep in the playoffs, or this year is in first place here on August the 12th. So I don't understand the dislike, the dissatisfaction with this guy. I'm going to say it on my radio show on Monday that people that don't understand how good this manager is are out of their freaking minds. But that said, he's also paid six million dollars a year in an industry where salaries have gone down dramatically. So you better win. If you don't win, then any then all bets are off. I understand it. This is not you know show fu- show friends. This is show business. It's show me your results. Did you win? I'll pay you. If you don't win, you're not getting paid. So you know I get it, but I also don't get it.
1: I, I'm with you there, and, and that's a decision that I guess has to be made over the winter. And speaking of winter, the Marquee Sports Network is set to launch in February, I believe. How do you see your role covering or being around the team changing with the new network?
0: Uh, my role is going to change because I'm not going there. I, had, they, I was flattered to have had an opportunity to go there. And I, my late father said to me shortly before he died, he said, son, let me give you some advice. Don't ever make a decision based on money. Because if you do, more often than not, you're going to make the wrong decision. Trust your gut. Your heart will, will lie to you. Your heart will lie to you. Your gut never, ever lies to you. You know in the pit of your stomach if you're making the right decision or not, if you're doing the right thing. And don't ever, ever run from happiness. If you're in a great situation then stay with that situation because it makes you happy. And you know that took some time for me to mature enough to understand that because we're all trained, I want the nicest car, I want the nicest house, I want to buy the nicest clothes, I want to have the most money in the bank. But looking at the Cubs situation was great because I'm so closely aligned with that team. But I love who I work for and who I work with at NBC Sports Chicago. And so if I can get up every day and go to radio and love where I work and go to TV and love where I work, why would I change that? Why would I leave? Yeah, I would have to be out of my mind. And so no disrespect to the Chicago Cubs. It was an honor to do their games. This is my 25th consecutive season hosting their pre- and post-game, either radio or TV. 25 years in this market, Uh, You could never have told me when I was younger that I would ever get 25 seasons. It's insane. But I did. It's a great feather in my cap. But I'm excited for what's ahead next working at NBC.
1: Well, I'm sure they're glad to have you. Anybody would be. I've got one last question for you. So in 2016, it seemed from front to end, the Cubs always seemed like the front runner. And they obviously won the World Series that year. This year, it hasn't quite felt like that. But we know if you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. According to Fangraphs, the Cubs have an 86.1% chance to make the playoffs. So if the Cubs want to win the World Series, what are the biggest keys for them doing so? Biggest keys, obviously
0: number one is health. They've got to stay healthy. It's a more veteran team than we've ever seen. you know, you've got pitching staff that has two 35-year-olds in Hamels and Lester. They, I don't believe they have a pitcher that is under 30. Kyle Hendricks, maybe it's 29, turning 30. But Darvish is in his 30s. Quintana's in his 30s. So that rotation has to stay healthy, has to pitch well. They've got to avoid major injury to any of their key pieces, obviously. And then they've got to get impact out of their offense. Their offense has to be impactful. They've got to extract more. And if they become a threat to score all the time, very tough to beat that team.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. And you can see these Cubs back in action tomorrow night against the Phillies at six ten on NBC Sports Chicago. If you want to hear Cap, you got to tune in for the pre- and post-game show. And if you're looking for somewhere to catch the game, check out Coach's Bar and Grill at 6169 North Northwest Highway. Great food, great ownership over there. And you know everything there is made by the neighborhood for the neighborhood cap we know you got a busy day ahead so we'll let you go thanks so much for joining us
0: it's been an honor anytime you need something give me a yell best of luck to you my man
1: sounds good thanks cap and you guys can tune in to cap show on espn 1000 weekdays from nine to noon he's heading there now i think he's going to talk to riz today right
0: uh we've got riz on every tuesday unless there's a day game that day so Uh, We'll have him on Tuesday, the 13th of August, and looking
1: forward to it. Gotcha. I'll, I'll be tuning in, but for now, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks again to David Kaplan for joining us today, and thanks to all of you for coming to the Cubs Corner. I'm Anthony Pasquale. Have a great day.